Welcome to Several People Are Typing. I am your host, Jim. I am joined today by William, David, Adam, and Pete. And we are going to be talking about what we usually do, some politics, maybe some games, maybe a movie or two. And uh, this week, Dave brought in a really great topic. He, was, he heard another podcast, because what's better than, than talking about another podcast on your podcast? It's a vicious cycle. Um, and uh, Dave, I want you to talk about it. Set us up. So I listen to uh, the NPR Politics podcast, which is one of my go-tos, highly recommend it. Uh, and they had an author on there. Uh, her name is Liliana Mason, and she wrote a book on partisanship. I did not read the book. I listened to a 20-minute podcast about the book, which is more than enough to talk about it. Because I, I mean, thought you're, you're an expert, right? Like, yeah, I'm an expert now. Yeah. So let's we can talk about it. So, <laughs> so uh, she was talking about partisanship in a way that was interesting, and it reminded me a lot of the, some of the stuff that Ezra Klein was talking about uh, on the New York Times. And so I wanted to talk to you knuckleheads and see what your thoughts were. And to kick things off, I wanted to feel out, we obviously are in a hyper-partisan time right now, but is that bad? Like for a long time, I thought it was, and now I'm not so sure. William, what do you think? Whether or not the partisanship is bad? Um, Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of her her, her, uh, idea here, right, to get into it, was that partisanship isn't bad because it is a uh, it is a natural backlash to progress, right? Um, and I think there's like some truth to that, but it doesn't change whether or not partisanship is like seriously damaging, um, and it doesn't guarantee that the progress happens. Um, so, if there is a way to mitigate partisanship, that's a better like th- th- that's a better way to go rather than just accepting the fact that partisanship is, you know, uh, kind of a fundamental product of progress. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I'm trying to get at is like there is innate in American politics, which seems to be more or less a bit unique to American politics, uh, that in general, um, that you want compromise, right? But compromise is like baked into our political experiment, that you want to go across the aisle and work with people who don't agree with you And, you know, you've got one extreme and another extreme, and ultimately you want to land somewhere in the middle and like, you know, quote unquote, like move forward uh, along the way. Um, I've got a lot of- So so when when you say by design, right, do you think, or or like uh, as kind of a fundamental part, do you think that like is the intention or do you mean like by design as like unintended consequence, right? Like, do you think that the intention was to have uh, two extreme positions and then you know, force compromise to land somewhere in the middle? Or is that just uh, an unintended byproduct of kind of the underlying electoral systems that are probably pretty flawed? I think a little bit of both. Like, I think it was in, intentional in the sense that like the government has uh, inherent checks and balances, right? And that forces compromise, right? Like it's not often, and I was supposed to do research before this, but I forgot. Um, because I was too busy watching anime. Jim, I got a good new anime for you. Um, (laughs) That, like, I don't know how often a single party has controlled all three chambers of, or I guess the two legislative and the executive branch at the same time. My assumption is not a lot. And like, I would say it's probably 60-40 or right, or like 70% of the time, you know, there's some split between the House the Senate and the presidency. And um, that that inherently will either force compromise or 
create a roadblock. So that that's kind of what I mean by that. Okay. But but yeah, I mean, I think regardless of like the founder's intent, um, I don't know. Like as someone who has been following politics closely for years now, it seems that like in general, people wanting compromise has been a very big political thing for a while. And, you know, there's been a lot of like concerns and like hand-wringing around partisanship. Um, and like I alluded to, I don't think it, I, you know, originally I was concerned about it, but now I'm not so concerned about it being a bad thing. Jim, Jim what do you think? And I'll, I'll get into my two cents after Adam gets a chance to speak. Uh, it feels far less avoidable these days. I'll say that. Um, the ability to pull out that kind of tribalism yeah. and tie it to some kind of core uh, uh, viewpoints that, you know, um, make it very, very sticky. That that ability feels easier today or it feels it feels like that's become far more the mainstream thought of how to win or how to gain support where where like uh you know um reaching out to like the extreme of a base was never really considered a winnable strategy at, or at least at the scale i'll say or and, and and then i'll also caveat that with you know in modern times uh, that really hasn't been the way that the media pushes the narrative you know uh no one expects you going off on the deep end to win. Um, you expect them to lose and you expect the person who's willing to compromise, the person who's willing to get stuff done in Washington to be the one that's like, well, this person's actually going to go there and work. And and that's certainly gone away in a big way. So so yeah, I, I, I think it's a byproduct. I don't know how to get rid of it. I don't think you can. I, maybe you can soften it. Maybe you can lessen it. It's an unfortunate byproduct. It'd be nice if it wasn't there, but, but you know, if that's the only way for change to come about, and then you just have to figure out how to lessen it as much as possible, but but ultimately, you know, know that you'll never eliminate it, then I, I don't know. It is what it is, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. What are, what are your two cents, Adam? Any thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, I, I like the author had, you know, suggested in the beginning, uh, talking about that experiment with the two camps. I, I mean, I, I think that- um, We'll describe the experiment. Part- um, basically, um, there were two camps of young boys, uh, set up, uh, down the road from one another, um, for the first portion of the experiment, they weren't told about the existence of the other camp. Uh, they kind of all bonded, uh, you know, became close and then they revealed the existence of the other camp, at which point they became, you know, nemeses uh, of one another. Basically they, they wanted to compete. Um, and, and she was suggesting that, you know, this partisanship or tribalism is just, a, a part of human nature um, in a lot of ways, but that, um, you know, when you have major parts of your identity or multiple parts of your identity tied up in this, it becomes uh, more heated, the battle between, I mean, I, I have actually a question for all of you who are better versed than uh, in, you know, politics, but like, we keep talking about compromise. Has, has compromise ever actually existed in our government in in our lifetimes in any major way? I mean, I, 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 you say that that is the, the ideal, but I, I can't recall it ever existing primarily. I think there's pretty good examples actually. Yeah. Like I would, yeah, I would, I would say, I don't know which midterm it was. I, I suspect it had to be in his first term, but, uh, in one of the midterms, uh, Bill Clinton got absolutely walloped, uh, and the Democrats it was in 94 and he, they lost insane amount of seats in both the house and the senate i believe they lost control of both chambers definitely the house because i believe that's when newt took over good old newtie 
And um, as as that went down, he gave a speech uh, where he talked about, hey, I, you know, I, I hear the American people loud and clear that like fundamentally that where I've been taking things have been too far and I'm going to work towards the middle. And a bunch of the legislation that got passed after that was frankly like a lot of the GOP was calling shots that they were like, yo, let's get that crime bill in. And that was under that that was under Clinton, and that was under the the GOP with with Newt Gingrich, um, you know, sort of like calling the shots. So that that to me is like a hallmark of like sort of American compromise, where you have split government. But that was also right before the highly partisan impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. Now, uh, I mean, it was like, I mean, like it was four like years, six years. Yeah. Okay. Is that um, the thing that every Democrat is like? The impeachment sorry, trial, I, I think, that. was ninety ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was quite some time before. Um, I, I don't think we even have to go back that far. So if you go back to the first recovery bill under Trump um, post, post-COVID, sure, yeah. um, that got like 70-something uh, senators to vote for it, right? So uh, the majority of Democratic senators voted for that bill. Um, you know, so I don't... Was like, the purpose I, compromise there? I mean, the, the Republicans had a lot to gain. I, 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 I mean, okay, so, okay, why didn't Republicans support this last recovery bill so because oh, they didn't want to compromise right like, <laughs> i mean but but you can't say that like I, I guess my point is that there certainly compromises in the first one right there was tons of yep. uh, back and forth between pelosi and schumer and and donald trump and the administration and mitch mcconnell right to to see exactly what they were going to get done um and ultimately they came away with a bill that you know got what they needed everybody got what they needed right yeah in order to pass it. And there was a uh, tremendous support in, in both uh, the house and the Senate for it. I mean, I think it'd be fair to say Republicans probably uh, as the drivers of the bill got to, 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 to put more of what they care about in it. And, and, but to, to your point, the fact that they didn't block all Democrats from any engagement or, or were unwilling to entertain any um, updates based off of democratic feedback was something for sure. Uh, it, uh, you know, I, that felt like a bills that Democrats knew saw the, you know, based on the situation saw we can, we can fight this and just all stand up and say no to it. Or, or we can try and get a little something of what we want in there to make it easier on them. And, and obviously to get, you know, some kind of relief back to the country. Right. But to your point, Adam, how, how much, like how much of that bill changed from the Republican version as a compromise to the Democrats? I don't know, because it, it, that might that could be incredibly small, or that could have actually been really, you know, quite big, right? I, it's, it's funny. It's almost like the less that the less that gets tied to one side, <laughs> that we that that gets you know uh, a ton of access and, and reporting, the more chances it, of it actually um, going in, right, and being a compromise. Like it, it all of a sudden, the fact that you know Fox News covers uh, uh, a part that they felt was a compromise, all of a sudden every Republican center will back off of it, you know. So so and and they'll be like, no, we actually want that gone. So so you know, in a way it's, it's kind of harder to find the stuff that actually were, was compromised on because, because that's like shining a light. It's like, you know, that's the shameful thing to do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. um, just to, the, the CARES Act um, was unanimously passed in the Senate. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Don't see, don't see a lot of those. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, um, and I, I mean, I would have to go look at the statistics, but my gut feeling is that most legislation very much in the same way that the most cases in front of the Supreme Court are very, very lopsided votes, mm-hmm. right? So like 
you know, the only Supreme Court cases that we really hear about are the ones that are 5-4 or 6-3 or something. But most yeah. Supreme Court cases are actually 9-0. Yep. Um, like the, va- the the far vast majority. Um, and my gut feeling, and I, I, again, I have to look this up, is that most bills that get passed are, are pretty lopsided. Um, you know, and there's always going to be outliers. Um, but it's really just the huge bills, like, you know, the things that are going to cost trillions of dollars yep. that, you know, become unbelievably contentious. Yeah, a lot of the procedural stuff just goes through without even, you know, uh, sort of like a beat in the news because it's like, yeah, they fucking always do that. So <laughs> it's not it's not really newsworthy. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was like, so I think politically, I'm not super concerned about partisanship because of something that um, Ezra Klein was talking about uh, with regards to the filibuster. And, and basically he was saying like, look, man, like, in pretty much every de- democracy in Europe, uh, the minority party are nothing but obstructionists. Like all they do is try to stop the this sort of like party in power or the multiple parties in power, whatever the sort of coalition party is from completing their agenda because politically it's advantageous for them to do so. Um, but they don't have a fucking filibuster, right? They, they only need simple majorities to get shit done. And if you look at in general how conservative the united states is compared to most democracies in europe we're just like we're just fucking so fucking backwards it is it is shocking well i shouldn't say about everything but certainly about things that i'm passionate about like healthcare or anything environment or climate related um we've got a long way to go like angela merkel is a conservative and she is effectively spearheading the green new deal of europe right now and it's just it's and a lot of that comes back to fundamentally that like when something is very popular in europe it gets done because the system enables it to get done right like it's very popular in the united states for assault rifles to be banned but they're not banned right so really it's the it's the fucking system and it's the process that's getting in the way it's not like to me, the partisanship is like, who gives a shit? Like, if we had a better process, I know we don't currently. I think a lot of the partisanship things in Washington anyway uh, wouldn't really matter. That's my two cents. Curious to get your guys' feels on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, the, the like the partisanship is like, it's kind of this feedback loop of uh, that's caused by the ridiculous electoral system that we have, right? right. The, the partisan, the, the hyper-partisanship really like feeding a base, you know, driving these wedge issues like into your voting block, right? To, to really, uh, you know, kind of solidify them on one side or the other is a product of having, um, you know, gerrymandering in districts. Yep. It's a product of having, uh, not having rank, rank choice voting, right? It's a product of having really poorly designed electoral systems. Voter um, suppression. Yeah, like, like all of these things, right? And so you're just, you know, those systems existing are feeding the, like the, the impetus to create really segregated voting blocks, really divided voting blocks. Um, those really divided voting blocks then have more extreme positions, which then elect politicians who have more extreme positions, which create more divide and more segregated voting blocks, right? Like it's this terrible feedback loop that's kind of existed for a long time. And really in the mid nineties or so, it, you know, was really Newt Gingrich actually like using wedge issues to really divide 
the vote the voters um you know a little bit of game theory was applied here and people oh, who yeah. realized how broken the system was you know went about it and uh figured out that hyperpartisanship was a way to solidify power also also the same guy who who claims he has no idea how washington got this bad when like he, he literally was one of the people who wrote the book on 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 like you know this the, the latest wave of 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 how to do exactly what you're talking about it's like he wrote the book and he's just like guys i don't know what book these guys are reading it's like you you did that that was you know it's like are you are you uh happy with yourself but in that like quiet way you don't want anyone to actually know what you did but you do want a couple people to know what you did but not like everyone to know what you did is it one of those things anyways in, so in what regard is Newt even saying that like when he says things are so bad is he talking about trump is he talking about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, like who the fuck is he talking about? No, it's it's the Democratic Party, and and or 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 if the Republicans do everything bad, it's Washington. It's not the Republicans. It's it's if, if the Republicans do bad, it's Washington. If Democrats do bad, it's Democrats. So it's it's the game. It's part of the, it's part of how you talk. It's it's all framing. So, uh, but you had a point there. Well, on the uh, crap, now I lost it. Um, never mind. Sorry, I'll the shut feedback up. loop of the minority winning. Oh yeah, uh, right. And, and to gun to control, the reason we don't do the gun controls, we don't have the votes. If 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 we had the votes, we would pass gun control. Like like we don't have it. If we did, we would do it. Right. The, the, the stats of you know how many people support it, uh, I think highlights what Will's talking about, which is there is a minority voting block in the country who has uh, a, a a very large you know um, amount of power relative to how many mm-hmm. people uh, that represent them, and and if you have a consolidation of power, you know you attract uh, people who look to take advantage of that. So how you know how do you you know, how can you get an, a large amount of power with a very of which a much, with a much smaller voting block? You know that that just becomes a a a a a black hole for for all of like the worst of humanity to just naturally be attracted to. So so so, you know, of course these blocks become how can I how can I make this block mine and then get this you know power I, I could have never gotten over here because it's just far too distributed. Um, and then what can I do with it for my own personal gain, right? It just, beca- it just becomes an attraction for, for, for anyone looking to do something like that, right? For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Democrats actually grow and it falls to nuke the filibuster, we'll see some uh, step changes in gun control. Like we'll see background checks, universal background checks. We might get a mandatory wait period, you know, especially after the Atlanta shooting, right? Uh, assault rifle bans are probably a hard get. But, you know, I think we would see something. I, I would be shocked if we got anything close to what you're talking about. But okay. I mean, this is an aside, but I mean, do you think that if we couldn't get it done after Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. do you think we can get it done now? Yes. And only because I think that I am excited and optimistic about uh, the Democrats potentially nuking the filibuster in the next two years. But do you think that's or next year and a half? Is that the first thing they tackle, though? Is that the third thing they tackle? I mean, I think voting they rights? will tackle... They will tackle a lot really fast. Yeah, voting rights is probably what gets done first. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, a, that's a far easier one because that's more like resetting a level playing ground. That's not that's not taking away. That's you know what I mean. Like pushing forward bills that say, "Hey, everyone should be able to vote. Uh, it should be easier for everyone to vote." It's a much more it's a much easier defendable position for sure. Yep. And and to bring this back to partisanship, the, I think the reason why I'm hopeful is because you know we saw it happen with the latest COVID. Um, relief that people are stoked, right? Like it's it's funny. Like you actually you do something good for people, and they're happy about it. And we saw the same thing happen. You know, it took a long time for it to happen, uh, but we saw the same thing happen with the ACA, right? Like people were very pissed 
when Trump actually tried to kill that thing. Um, you know, and despite having majorities, they couldn't get it done. Um, and I think so that that's what I'm hopeful about. I'm hopeful that the Democrats saw this and they're like, okay, the only way we're going to do good sh- uh, win and stay in power is to pass popular legislation. There's a lot of low hanging fruit. Let's kill this filibuster and get that shit. Um, the ACA doesn't still doesn't pull that well. Um, the, the, the ACA is, well, and, and this is kind of where I, I think that I'm a little bit more fearful of partisanship than you are in that like, yeah, the, the care, the, um, American recovery act, whatever the, the new COVID bill is called. Yep. Um, the first one was cares. I, f- I forgot what this one's called. Um, yeah, it's pulling at like 75% approval, which is insane, but that's like a long time. Yep. Like this is real early and there's a lot of partisanship left to happen and people forget. Um, but also the ACA, even though generally people like it, once they're pulled on whether or not they like the ACA, that is like, it's 50, it's about 50, right? It doesn't pull as high as any of the individual parts. Right. Right. And my concern is that as time goes on, this recovery bill will just become another piece of Democrat overspending. And if you pull them on like, hey, did you like getting those like $1,400 checks? Right. If you pull people on the individual components, that'll pull really highly. But the bill as a whole will be 50-50 or so because it'll just be, you know, after people have, have forgotten about kind of the dire straits that they were in now it'll just go back to being government overspending and, and Democrats uh, uh, spending run amok. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, to Will's point, you, think? You, you, you definitely see a, a, a larger trend of, um, I would say Democrats generally coming into power, pushing more aggressive social programs, general, you know, uh, health, uh, happiness, uh, you know, not solving big issues, but a general improvement in the right direction uh, trend. And, and then, and then, you know, because because selling on uh, you know a positive versus selling on fear, one tends to kick kick into a, a different way. It, it's like no matter how much more you push to that, um, the the ability for someone to then vote against and in fear of is 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 so much stronger that 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 um, you can very easily wipe away a lot of that or redirect it somewhere else. So so at this point, it is very easy to take advantage. Like it's easier. It's you know it's like one side's ability. Uh, one side, it's like oh. Uh, you win if the sandcastle is destroyed. And the other side is like, you win if you can build a sandcastle and stop anyone from destroying it. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, okay, and there's, there's just both like, there's just two people. So so all they have to do is destroy it. I have to build it and I have to maintain it and like, you know, keep it from the storm. And and also this person could just smash it. And if they get to smash it once, they just win. And and wins my win condition. It's like, well, you know, if you die and the sandcastle's still up, I guess you won. It's like, Jesus, like, what, what, what is this game? You know, and that's what it feels like. When you're trying to when you're trying to move stuff forward, it's you, you, there's there's two win conditions for the other side, um, and there's one win condition for you. And your your win condition, like they they have a they have a, literally have a do nothing win condition. Like you know, it, the default is that you're you're already behind the game. So so and I think they know that. So it turns out that electing people whose central argument is that government doesn't work, and then they get into government, and then they break government. And they're like, look, see, I was right. It doesn't work. I was like, yeah, but you're the one who broke it. It's like, doesn't, doesn't matter. The system. No, no, that, that's Washington. Well, that's just Washington. I, I, was that I wrong? Yeah, was, was I wrong? wrong? Yeah, it's S- system. Let me break it. So that's broken. That's always my, you know, uh, uh, great. You, you can point at issues. That's why you get to the, you get people like Tucker Carlson who are like, hey, I've got a problem with corporations. Uh, and, and you're like, okay, like, I got you. You got a problem with corporations. But I know in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, so you're, you're, you're making this very basic appeal, but what's your problem with corporations, you know? And, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, this isn't, 
how do I compromise here? So I don't like corporations because of their ability to influence uh, policy. Um, uh, you know, uh, generally try to, you know, uh, you know, they tend to be anti-labor, you know, anti-union, all that kind of stuff. They tend to uh, look for tax cuts. Um, um, and your problem with them is, is that what they, they ran an ad that supported Kaepernick. Like, like that's your problem. You know what I mean? It's like, it, we're, we're, you, you don't like them because they back very basic, like social acceptance of, of ideas in society. So, so I think that's actually an interesting point. I think that as, so the Republican Party has kind of adopted populist overtones, right, since Trump. Yep. And a lot of the- Which is you know, new. Po- yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the populist kind of agenda is things that generally Democrats can get behind from a policy perspective, yep. right? Absolutely. Um, so I think you bring up an interesting point in that partisanship is, like, I still think every, it's going to be hyper-partisan, but I think yep. that the partisanship gets narrower and narrower, right? Where you're no longer thinking that, like, you know, have one side who's on the side of corporations and one side who's on the, the you know, the side of, of the workers, you now have w- both sides who are against the corporation and things will get done because of that. But yep. the reasons that they're for that, to your point, are going to be divided. And while that sucks for the like kind of level of discourse and the animus that exists between people, it might actually lead to more getting done. I don't think because, so. Because like, because the, the, there's, there's a, a shared goal but there's not a shared goal. That's my point. That, that no, was no, literally no. my exact point. No, no, no. Well, so the, the, well they're the, appealing to the same. Yeah. There's a shared animus. Same, same idea. There's no, there's no, 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 no overlap. No, no, but no, but there is, right? Like if you want to take away power from tech companies, right. say, right? And one wants to take power away from tech companies because they're like canceling the people that they care about. Um, and the other side is take wants to take you know, power away from tech companies because of privacy issues. Power is going to get taken away or from Or because they have too much power. Yeah, like well, whatever Same the reason goal is. different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? So there is a shared goal. They just have different motivations. Yeah, the so enemy of my point. enemy. Yeah. But I don't necessarily agree with their goals. That's my point. I don't care. I, I, let me put it this way. I do not care about, I, I, I do not care. If I were to take this argument on, on a, like, on how to be productive, I don't care about why they're doing it. I care about, now. you know, and I mean, what I mean is why is like, I don't care if, if, if someone someone somehow thinks convince themselves that upping the minimum wage uh, 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 hurts uh, black people in a way, but they're still for it, and they're for it because they think it hurts black people. I'm still I'm gonna be like, all right, well, like you're not gonna block black people from getting it. They're like, <laughs> no, but it just I just know it's gonna screw them. And I'm like, okay, and like I'll I'll work with that person, right? Like, okay, great. We're we're as long as you're not like injecting some toxic part into this that that I don't agree with, but I don't I just don't think that's the case when it actually so, boils down to. It. Well, so what about so like? An example like, um, you know, people are pissed. The Republicans are pissed at Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg, you know, kicked Donald Trump off their platform, right? And as a consequence for that, they want to break, like, hey, we're going to break Facebook up because they're too big. And like, yeah, the only reason we care about it is because they kicked our people off, but now we're going to punish them in some way, right? Which I think is is a totally reasonable thing that could happen. Yeah, um, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Do you, like, to your point, even though their motivations are not your motivations, are you still going to be okay with that? I, I don't honestly think that the people talking about on the Republican side, breaking up Facebook, actually want to break up Facebook. I think that they know Facebook is not on the side of, you know, quote unquote Democrats. I think they know that a lot of their money uh, comes from the idea that they do not go after big corporations. And, and this is just optics, that this is the dog you know, caught the car if they were given the opportunity. They could have broken a Facebook and but, they didn't. But 
they don't really like a, want to break up Facebook. They just want to be able to tell people we should break up Facebook and then collect their money. But think of yeah, like I think hyper... people like Ted Cruz do that. I was going to say that. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. But I think that there's a lot of people who are new, like newly elected, who absolutely do not have kind of that old school, you know, do anything to grift power, right? Or, or any grift in order to, to increase power. Um, you look at somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Madison Cawthorn yep. or any of kind of this new school Trump Republican. Like Donald Trump doesn't give a shit that like, you know, his election was won partly because of misinformation on Facebook, right? He doesn't care about that. He's mad because he got kicked off and he, he will do anything he can to punish them. Right. Like it, it's, it's this um, myopic view. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like people who are playing the long game, like the Newt Gingrich's, the Ted Cruz, the Mitch McConnell's, you know, absolutely will, you know, talk out of both sides of their mouth on this issue. The new school politicians, they have their agenda and they're, they are right. myopic about long-term power. I, I will, let me, let me restate. Uh, I would need, uh, I would need to see an example because even in your scenarios, I think, oh, but they are all very aware. Facebook got them elected. So they're going to literally destroy the hand that helped get them. Like they don't, how, how win. much was Donald Trump trying to push um, the abolition of what it was section 230 in the internet communications act or whatever it was called. Yeah. Which yeah. would functionally dissolve Facebook. Like, like if that and got removed every other tech platform. Yeah, and, and, okay. And, yeah. So, so like, and like they were really pushing that, like every, attaching it to everything to try and get it passed. Who's that? I mean, I mean, well, he had the, 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 the Trump, the Trump administration. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so sorry. So, I, 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 I struggle to uh, lump Donald Donald Trump Trump into the Republicans, and at the same time, uh, uh, keep him on the side. So, I, I get that, like, I could be talking on both sides, but in, in, in what Donald Trump personally pushes, I, I struggle to think that you would have a more than you know his most devoted followers in the House and Senate who would really drive any of these, and that those are uh, uh, at the end of the day not the 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 majority of the republicans are even close to it i think that they all vote towards him but i think you know the idea that people i mean that opens up a lot of problems that are going to honestly hurt potentially republicans far more than democrats and i think they all know that i think they all just know it's a convenient boogeyman they can play at i, I do not think that they all know that all right i can't say all i will say the vast majority and and i and i, and I would want to see an example where a a hyper populist uber right person came to a compromise with a populist left person on on some piece of legislation that that um, you know outside where and, and I'm talking where the middle did it not not like where everyone did I'm talking like where the middle did it but you had the the populists because I just I feel like you know some you know a lot of people want to think that like the ends meet the ends do not meet you know um, uh, uh, there's there's commonality in how they think. But but the idea that I, I just don't understand how there could be a shared goal at the end of the day um, uh, without, I don't know, um, like the Tea Party was the last big populist movement. You said there wasn't a the Tea Party was 100% a populist movement, right? And, yeah, yeah. and, and their common goal is to shut down the government. Like what, you know, show me the... Show me where they were, where they compromise um, with, with like, you know, super progressive agendas and, and help push those forward, you know? You don't think that they're the, the ultra left wants to shut down the government? The anarcho, um, like anarcho-socialists. I don't know of any anarcho-socialists <laughs> in but, 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 government. So, no, Will. Because, because, because we're not that successful. Okay, but here's my point. The anarcho-socialists, <laughs> uh, my, my future comrades in this country. Um, <laughs> you're just saying not, that the, the ends meet, right? Or you're disagreeing at the ends. Yes, because. I, 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 there is overlap in, in commonality of goal. 
there, there's no matter, I think, commonality of how people can address an issue and how they can ride anti-establishment uh, 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 vibes to gain power. I do not. Uh, uh, and, and, and like, like, like you can say like the middle, you know, it does like, to me, that's like someone I saying, I'm a skeptic because I want to challenge science and I want to push it forward. And I'm a skeptic because I want to challenge science because I don't believe any of it. You know, like they're both skeptics in, so, in some base so, idea, but they're, 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 one is when, when they're actually looking to push science forward and one isn't when they're fundamentally using it as a, as a cloak to reject science. Hold on, let, let me, let me throw this angle out at you, Jim, and I, I want to get your two senses. What about the folks who are sort of taking a page out of the Trump playbook? Even even people like Cruz, right? You've got Cruz, Holly, uh, a bunch of other idiots who voted uh, against the Pennsylvania certifi certification after the Jan 6 uh, insurrection. Um, like they, they seem to be going down a road that is all about just being popular and using that popularity to win elections, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah or nay? I mean, I feel like that's, I think you're generically saying what uh, I guess you're saying uh, above any um, uh, uh, like actual stance that they care about. Like they go, they're purely like a, a fair weather ride popularity. I don't care what stance I have, I have to defend, I'll defend it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, okay. I, I think I think by and large, Trump was that way too. Like, like prior to his candidacy, and I think in fact, at the very beginning of his candidacy, he was kind of lukewarm on uh, on pro-life. And then he was like, oh, wait, I'm dumb. I need to court the evangelicals if I'm going to win this thing. So I am fucking the most pro-life motherfucker around, right? And I think he did that political calculation. It's not because he cares one lick about, you know, uh, the... Sure, the, sure. politicians adopt policies because they're popular and they can get elected yeah. by them even if they don't believe them. Um, um, right. maybe, maybe they go against their hard belief and they just suck it up or maybe they never really cared and they just decide to adopt it to, to, to take advantage. Sure, what's your point? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. So, uh, what, so, what, what, so where are we think, going with that? So I think I think to Will's point, I do think here's my bet. My my hunch is this: I think we will absolutely see some bipartisan stuff start to come down the pipe, and I wouldn't be shocked if some of that bipartisan stuff was big tech reform or big big tech regulation. Because at the end of the day, Cruz knows that giving the fuck you to Facebook is going to be a better short-term win than than trying to stand in its way. That he knows that like if he if he voted against to break up Facebook, that he knows that Trump would come after him and every other Trump Repul Republican would come after him. He'd be get labeled a rhino. And so yeah, I I I'm here's my prediction. We're gonna see some bipartisan stuff coming. I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of those things. I've been talking about it. I was gonna give someone else a chance to talk. Let's get let's give Adam a chance. Yeah, Adam hasn't said anything and I 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm, I actually was, I'm still puzzling. Cause I, I, I feel like what William was saying before about, uh, similar goals, but, uh, different uh, motivation. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like here's a question, Adam. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, what's the question? Democrats propose a bill to break up Facebook. No Republicans sign it except Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, and like Josh Hawley. Do you think that they ever vote on a bill that no other Republican is for and think somehow that is the key to their popularity. Because I think uh, compromising with Democrats is far more toxic than going after Facebook as a, as, as, as a win. I think uh, you're going to see a lot more than seven votes on an anti-Facebook bill. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if they were the only ones, they probably wouldn't stick their necks out that far. But I would also agree with Dave that I think that's probably a more popular thing to tear down than... I think I think that would have broader appeal to 
that question. Okay. I, 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 I maintain until I see them put forward legislation, you know, or, 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 you know, and granted to Will's point earlier, uh, when people cast votes, they tend to know where they're going to go. When, when it, the issue is so important, it's worth taking a vote to potentially lose, or you're taking a vote to that you actually can think in, you know, in that political game theory harms the other side to make them vote on the record. But most votes people take because they know they're going to, they're going to pass. Right. Uh, just the same way right. most prosecutors, you know, something doesn't go to trial. It's like kind of the reverse of that, right? Something doesn't go to trial and if if it's clear who's going to win. It only goes to trial when it's close. Uh, it's kind of the reverse of that for taking votes. So, um, so yeah, I, I just will, I guess we'll see. Um, I, I Republicans are really, really, really good at, at that kind of collectivist thinking, um, regardless of how beneficial something might be and how, and how even, even if like the things that the Democrats are pushing are not even necessarily you know politicized uh, uh, and and, and are, are hot button issues. It just it's like the fact that they are the rapper uh, uh, fundamentally you know invalidates that is like a thing that they can support. So and for the record, I think a lot of Democrats would be against breaking up Facebook because a bunch of Democrats are you know what? not not against that. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. I don't. I I seriously couldn't name a human who gives a shit. If Facebook and Instagram are the same company, well, I mean, most people don't know that fucking Facebook and Instagram. Well, you do when you log in. You do when you log in. They do. You know what though? I I think that's funny that Will says that because I have a a coworker that just joined Instagram who has been vehemently against all social media um, in general, and I I think that there is that connection is not being made. That that it is Facebook. (laughs) I I think Will is one hundred percent right about that. But you know what's funny though? If you told that person, "Hey, man." Fucking Facebook owns this company. We should break them up, right? They'll probably be into it. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think right that, that most moderates on on both sides don't want, like, wouldn't want to break up tech company, right? That's um, that. but but there is a lot of pressure from the extremes of their party, which I, and those and, and and the you guys the know people far who right care? And, and the far right and no, I don't know a single well, person. No, 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 but but it's to Jim's point, right? Is that there's, you know, breaking up corporations is, you know, s- traditionally kind of not the long-term political, like, uh, is, is not conducive to long-term political survival, right? Because of the amount of donations that get made, right? The amount of lobbying power that they have. Um, so moderates are kind of just going to go along with that because they want to stay in power. Sure. As the, yeah, yeah. As, the, as the fringes of the party push more and more towards the center, right? As, as the balance you know, gets more extreme there, the moderate, you know, on both sides are going to be under a lot more pressure to just to, to side with the progressives and to side with the kind of far right. Um, and I think that you will see tech get broken up, but not because moderates want to do it. I don't know, man. I, I just think about the Microsoft case, right. And the big like fucking scandal about Microsoft was that they pressured Dell to install internet Explorer instead of other browsers on their Way like, lower stakes. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Like, yeah, obviously, like it's not going to help Safari out, or or not Safari. Uh, what was it? Firefox. What was the Mozilla? No, before Firefox. It's going to be Netscape Navigator. That yeah, was, that was, was the fucking, competitor at the time. It was Netscape yeah, that Navigator. was the competitor. It was God. Is that the lighthouse? Netscape. Is that what it was? <laughs> it was had a cool logo, really brilliant loading animation because it took forever to load shit. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was like 1995. It, everything <laughs> took forever to load shit. Like there was no, there was nothing fast. And you know what? Didn't really matter because everybody was on 28.8 or 56k. So it wasn't like the website was going to load fast. Yeah. Well, anyway. What was the time to first internet bite? 
right? That was like <laughs> yeah. 45 seconds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, with, with your 700 millisecond latency. Right. And, and, and then you realize that Andrew's using your username and password and you can't even get on and you got to call him, which of course he's not picking up. The oh phone. yeah. Your, your first, your time to first bite was like 32 minutes. My, my time to first bite <laughs> was, was jam a quarter in the anarchy so that this local internet service provider would, would like, I would create a race condition and, and we would both get logged on. And, and if you would jam a quarter into the enter key, it would eventually work. And, and Andrew's like, oh, I figured out this trick. But then he did the Andrew thing where once he showed me it worked and I saw it, then when he was on, he'd be like, dude, just do the quarter trick. And then it didn't. And then it was like on me to like have to like wait for it to turn on, you know, it, it, because because it worked. And, and meanwhile, it's a, it's a very Habers move. Our kids have wireless Internet on every device that they. But anyway, uh, my point was, is that like the, the Microsoft you know, monopoly thing wasn't that contentious amongst politicians. I, I don't I don't personally see anyone that concerned about fucking with Facebook. Fucking with Amazon, eh, fucking with Apple, I could see there be some hesitancy there, but nobody likes fucking Facebook. Well, I mean no, so so I, I don't think that those are analogous situations, right? I don't think that they're worth that they're valid comparisons. The the antitrust suit for Microsoft was unbelievably narrow right, right? It, um there's it's not like they broke up microsoft right they told microsoft they couldn't do this one thing they couldn't make it they couldn't make internet explorer the default um you know i i think but they all there's also there's, wasn't there that kind of a warning so, shot to microsoft though which ultimately hurt them a lot uh i mean i think that not having not being the standard internet uh browser is probably damaging sure but I guess my point is that the ramifications of that and the fallout from that is much different in scope than, you know, taking one of the mega corporation and saying like, oh yeah, you're not allowed to be a mega corporation anymore. Like you have to now be WhatsApp and Facebook. It's like, you know, if they were to take Amazon and say, you're not allowed to do, you can either be Whole Foods, you can be Amazon Marketplace, you can be a manufacturer of Amazon Basics, or you can be... AWS, right? And all of those are now going to have to be independent companies that can't collude with each other. Um, that is the, like the long-term, like that is so disruptive compared to right. this super narrow antitrust that the amount of pushback on will be uh, immense. Yeah, if you can go after one of the biggest corporations in the world, there's no corporation you that is now not uh, a, a potential target. So you, you imply every corporation sees that and says, oh, so basically, a little bit of social pressure in any one of us can just get cracked open. Which is, I mean, why Democrats want to do it, like progressives want to do it. It's like nobody's, nobody is too big. Yeah. And, and, open. And, I, yeah. And, I do, and I very much understand the, uh, uh, the center part of each party being like, yeah, that's never going to happen. You know, uh, 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 you know, you don't go to the, you know, the king with, with, with Kingslayer on your resume being like, hey, you got, you got some more of, that, more of that money, King? They'd be like, didn't you... <laughs> Weren't you? That, what happened, yeah. What what happened to that other guy that you took a bunch of money from? And then Can we you know, get a reference from the last king you were watching. <laughs> so no. So, so think, about that. Um, I think we should circle back to partisanship because I think we're. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking. Pretty, about. We're pretty far off the rails here. Yeah, we, we went. Um, we went. We're. I think we we're like bye -bye. six gym analogies deep. <laughs> if you want to crawl back out of these, you feel free. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I did have one last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, re-partisanship, which was brought up by that original podcast uh, that sort of sparked this idea. 
which was in general about mood and self-esteem around the sort of idea of like uh, group identity and tribalism, et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, I personally was really pretty fucking depressed from the years of 2016 until Biden finally got the obvious okay that he was indeed the president. And I can't tell you how weird I feel nowadays. Like I just feel everything about me just feels more optimistic and hopeful because Trump is no longer the president. And is that because Trump is an asshole and he was a horrible human and I was just legitimately scared for the future with him in power? Or is that somehow connected to that tribalism that um, Liliana uh, Mason was talking about? Adam Shanser. Um, I was, I was thinking probably both. I mean, I, I actually had a very similar feeling. I mean, I I remember in 2016, just feeling completely dumbfounded, depressed is accurate. You know, it was, that was tough. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure you, you pose an interesting question. Uh, was it just because he seemed, you know, completely awful or was it because your team lost? I, I, I feel like initially the 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 feeling of partisanship would be very strong would that would fade over time um and then that maybe it was just his 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 approach to everything that uh you know continued that that feeling over the four years i, I don't know i i um, feel like it was probably a little bit of column a a little bit of column b um, like you can imagine his response right to the atlanta shooting to everything Every, yeah. everything i hear his voice <laughs> still still and everything you know i mean you can you can the the impression instantly springs to mind about you know there's there's nothing i can't imagine the trump response to at this point it's it's pervasive it's terrible it's um it's a tough question because the you know my initial thought right is that trump is particularly different um in the sense that he is kind of an existential threat to the world mm-hmm. right and that the amount of damage that will be done or, or that could have been done is catastrophic, right? That said, during the Obama years, Republicans thought exactly the same way. Yep. That like Obama was an existential threat to America and that he was going to destroy the fabric of democracy, right? Um, so it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, regardless of how justified I think I am because of like, you know, all of the, the kind of consequences that I can name of the, you know, of the Trump years um, and all of the potential for what could have been so much worse. Um, they thought the same way. So a lot of it is, you know, probably which side you're on. Um, I feel that way now too. I, oh yeah. I absolutely. see, I see people, you know, act like Biden is going to be the downfall of the country. And I'm like, really him? <laughs> like that's, that's kind of my, like, he's the most boring dude. Like what, what is he going to do to tear things down? Like what specifically are you fearing? But, but I, I think, I think, you're, like I, think I mean, I think you're right though. It, it, it It's very hard to separate, um, you know, our feelings. I'm sorry to jump in like that, but I just wanted to point out that it's still going on. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things where I guess the, the difference is that I don't want I don't want obstructionism for the sake of obstructionism, right? And I think that might be where the, the the difference is, is that I think that during the Obama years, Republicans wanted obstructionism on everything Obama could possibly, right? I mean, to the point where Mitch McConnell flat out said that uh, and like ran on the fact that they were going to be an obstructionist government uh, or an obstructionist Congress rather. Um, whereas I think Democrats still try to find the good and make that happen, which is why you get things like the unanimous 
passing of the CARES Act, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my, my own feelings was there are legitimate reasons why I think, you know, I was unbelievably depressed for four years. Um, it, you know, the, the, the partisanship damaged so many relationships in like my personal life, um, probably permanently. Um, and I hope that that wasn't just because I felt like I was on the same team or I was on a different team, rather. Jim, how about you? Uh, yeah, how do you how do you create like some objective rule to to determine when when outrage is you know um, meeting like the relative like value of what they're what they're against, right? If if the left says I'm you know worried uh, Trump's gonna you know fund all his businesses and 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 you know. Uh, uh, destroy, uh, you know, go after labor, uh, uh, promote police violence, um, you know, get eerily weird trying to, you know, help with the Russia and, and, and like, uh, you know, oh, in a large part, do a lot of things, you know, go after trans community, like all, all this stuff, right? Uh, over and over and over again. And, and then I, and then, you know, and I'm, I'm going to frame it uh, intentionally uh, in an extreme way. And then you have someone saying, you know, well, Biden's elected and now, you know, apparently I can't read Dr. Seuss to my kids. And it's like, are these, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm obviously giving a very non-charitable description on the other side, but, but the <laughs> idea that that even covers enough of the news cycles at all is, 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 is like, what do you, what do you do to say, um, I can create a system to understand one of these is, is more important than the other. Uh, every system I create can't define itself out of being able to like, select which one is actually the reality or close to reality. You know, it's just, it's so much more context you need. And then there's just no, there's no quick shortcut to say, oh, here's the way you can think about it to make sure that you're not in the wrong one or the one that is further defined from reality, you know? And I don't know how to do that. And, and, and I don't, and I guess that's kind of the point, but that's the part that just is always, I think the most frustrating is, is I feel like I'm much closer to reality to other people. They feel like they're much closer to reality than me. Um, the, you know, how, 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 what do you what do you do in that scenario, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's to, we we kind of circled to my my biggest fear with partisanship, which has nothing to do with politicians or Washington. It has to do with people. It has to do with like personal relationships, right? That like um, you know, I literally just got back uh, from Florida and driving uh, all the way down south, and you know, it's always you always know when you're when you're in the south. As soon as you cross uh, into South Carolina, you see the extremely racist uh, south of the border uh, uh, fireworks uh, extravaganza. And then about two miles later, you see a huge um, Confederate flag. Uh, but interestingly, like you, you interact with folks down south and by and large, like uh, it was interesting that I felt like I could talk about effectively politics with like random strangers and still have a like actual conversation. Like it didn't turn into immediate, like go fuck yourself, which is kind of what I was expecting. And that was, that was nice. And that was somewhat hopeful. Um, but yeah, I think that to me, that's the thing that scares me about partisanship. And, and my hope is, and maybe my naive hope is that, you know, once, once things hopefully gets fixed in our larger political systems, when, Fox News gets taken down a peg because they get sued into oblivion about the big lie stuff. Um, when hopefully the Democrats wise up, nuke the filibuster and get a bunch of legislation passed, that even if they lose the midterms in uh, 2022, uh, we will start moving towards a more equitable system, which will ultimately lead to a more 
you know, chilled out politics and the partisanship will, will turn, tone it down. What makes you think that's going to happen? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my, my, again, naive hope is that, you know, once, once the, fili- the, the filibuster is kind of like the first domino to fall. And then ultimately I think we'll start to see other, um, things in our process and our, and in the procedures in our systems, uh, to become a little bit more equitable. I'm wondering if you had that experience or a high tax culture and they might be a uh, political fight you directly about that. I mean, I did have one dude who was like ready to like punch Darcy because, uh, we had a mask on Charlie oh. and that, uh, he, his, he did not have a, a mask on his five-year-old boy and was basically like, you don't want our kids to play together. You fucking bitch. Jesus Christ. So he said that. Holy shit. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something out of his point. You're you, Dave, you, uh, uh, you, uh, you are, you, 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 I don't know how to say this in a way, you pass as, you know, white, right? You're not other. Uh, masks become uh, a way to pass as not other. So, so the guard's going to uh, inher- inher- inherently be down. Um, and, and until like you start talking about your fucking New York bagels and fucking Obama, like, like, you know, there's a common shared feeling that, 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 the, that isn't then shattered by, by, by throwing that in there. They, they come with a default assumption of you're you're a fellow man until uh you, the, these things are thrown into their face and a mask it has become one of those things a mask is equivalent of showing up with like a baby stroller with like obama or bernie stickers uh, you know what i mean it's, it's it's waving that in front of them right like you're create and i know that's it's not your fault this isn't like you haven't done anything wrong but like this is why that that can even happen is because the mask has become a, a political like signifier of 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 all of the other right and now all of that breaks down but you got a lot of you by default, because of how you look, uh, uh, can 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 slide in under the radar as kind of like an innocent till proven guilty approach that our brains take until they can catch something and not necessarily that they're looking for it or something thrown in their face that then gets them to like reset in their head, like oh you aren't you aren't one of us. Oh for sure, absolutely. I I, I agree with that. I think that uh, if I was black, I would have had a much different vacation. Um. So kind of to this point, I I don't know that I'm necessarily. While I dislike partisanship in or hyperpartisanship in politics, um, the last four years or so has made me more okay with partisanship in relationships. Oh, really? Um, That's interesting. In the sense that um, I think that we, prior to the last four years, like gave tacit approval to like family members or friends on their belief system that was actively toxic um, mm-hmm. or actively problematic. And, you know, this kind of manifestation of hyperpartisanship that's occurred uh, and has trickled down into, you know, family members and and friend groups um, where we've gotten to the point where like, no, 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 like I cannot get along with if you have these beliefs is in the long run a good thing. Um, because I think as like social values shift um, and things become kind of inherently more progressive, uh, the social pressure to change those beliefs will be magnified by the fact that most people in their life don't want to have a relationship with them. And that like, so like my, my mom is a good example of this, right? Um, you know, she, we stopped having a relationship during the Trump years. Um, and like one of, when she, she wants to know like, why are, why, why are my beliefs? Like, what about my beliefs is so wrong? You know, and I, like, she's one of the people who equated um, gay marriage with marrying animals. Like those are oh, the same man. thing to her. And it's like, yeah, yeah, if you believe that, I can't have a relationship because like, like that is a fundamentally toxic view 
like people, right? Um, and when we were trying to like kind of reconcile relationship, like that was one of the things where she's like, I don't believe that anymore, right? Like she has succumbed to the social pressure of accepting that gay marriage is okay. Like, and whether or not she like believes it in her heart, as long as like that, that is her outward presentation and that is the way that she would like vote for it, then it's functionally the same thing, right? Right. Because you're ultimately forwarding that agenda. Um, so I think like that kind of social pressure that exists because of this hyper-partisan will ultimately in like personal relationships, it gives you more leverage. Yeah. And does that, and does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and from that point, I also agree with that. Like, I think that it's so weird because my mom, who identifies as a Republican and a conservative, um, has become like weirdly liberal <laughs> thanks to Trump. Like she didn't vote for him once. And, and to, to, you know, I think the problem with my, my mom is that tribalism got her, right? She got got. Where she, she worked for worked, the fucking Republican Party. Right. She worked, <laughs> she worked for the Republicans in our local township. And so she drank a lot of Kool-Aid while she was there. But fundamentally, like my mother hates both the Republicans and the Democrats equally and thinks they're both corrupt as fuck and stupid. And she's probably not wrong about those things. I mean, she was a, she was like a pro voter um, and she voted third party in pretty much every election uh, until 2020 when she voted for Biden because she hated Trump so much. I love the fact that your mom worked for the Republican party and voted third party. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, Dave, I, I wouldn't necessarily put her in the uh, Republican party then I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, she's she worked for Republicans. She's registered as a Republican. I mean, I, I I'm pretty but sure you could argue I party. probably work for Republicans. I think we all work for Republicans. I'll be honest, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm was, just saying she worked in local government as a Republican. I, I just mean if she didn't vote Republican, I just I would uh, question her, her her identifying as a Republican. So is she like a, a libertarian? Just a or or is she a Republican? Like I hate taxes, Republican. Uh, she's more that she's more of a fiscal Republican, but she's more of just, she's more of just like common sense and kind of mean Republican in a sense that she's like, well, do I really want to pay to help other people? I'm like, if you got some money, okay, you yes. probably, yeah, probably want to help other I, people. I, I question she's the like, common eh. sense answer of no to that. Uh, well, no, that, uh, that is, that is Republican branding magic yeah. that yeah. Dave is still using. Oh, she's just a common sense Republican. Like, yeah, no, what? Dave, common sense is like, that's like basically just saying, yeah, uh, uh, this is my uh, armor against uh, uh, any uh, honest debate or, or where you pull in logic. Like, don't just remember, I've got this card. It's called common sense. And it overrides everything that you've ever showed me ever. It's like, OK, well, I mean, more from the more from her financial situation, not our financial, right? Like my mom doesn't make nearly as much money. as me. But these are, these are relative things. And and um, I think like the idea that that, you know, the government, you know, the Democrat Democratic government at the end of the day is going after the middle class is pure propaganda, um, you know, in the way that that they feel she like oh, but if I... she doesn't want to pay more in taxes. That's what it boils down to. As long yeah, as like, your taxes it, are low. Like Obama's thing was like, what would, would you have to make for Obama's thing to change anything about the tax laws? When is it some obscenely high number, like two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars? The the point of the matter is she she knows that there is a chance, right? But that's, but that, that's the propaganda. That... That's the propaganda is what I'm getting at. I mean, there's literally zero chance of taxes being raised as a Republican unless you're George Bush. And there's a reason why he lost that election. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I guess I, uh, um, and this is not meant to be the Dave's mom fucking power hour here, but like, uh, 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 you know, if your focus is purely, yeah. uh, if your goal in, 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 in how you want your government to, 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 to you know, service 
uh, uh, and protect and provide for, for the country is I want to do it less fundamentally. Um, and I'll do that at all costs. And like, that's just an ideology I don't get behind. That's all. But that, that, that is Same a, here. yeah, but that's, that, that is thinking more deeply about it. Right. Like the, the magic of, of the common sense branding is that really what they're doing is they're labeling like the gut feeling one ply deep intuitive understanding of policy as common sense, right? To like shield people from having to actually think deeply about the ramifications of those policies, right? So you can have people say, I don't want to pay more in taxes. I want more money in my pocket without, you know, and saying like, yeah, you're right, right? Because if, if you pay if you pay more in taxes, you're just going to have less money. And you would actually have to like think relatively deeply about the 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 you know the policy to say oh well if everybody pays a little bit more then all of the services that are going to be provided to me will net benefit me in the long run right i'll i'll actually have more money because i won't be spending money on these other things um like healthcare right, right. but you know you just brand it as common sense and now hey it's just common sense to not have want to pay more in taxes right it, it's it's a magic of republican branding i go, I go back to uh, my cousin Vinny, where he's like you see this brick Everyone's going to tell you it's a good brick. It's going to talk about it's going to talk about its picture. But I turn on its side. It's like, yeah, this is literally the entire fucking republic. Okay, so um, yeah, but but uh, you know, uh, because it's it's so easy to curtail to one angle of something and just be like, this is all you should care about. Uh, you're right. Like the roads you got on, uh, all the services that are provided to you, or the people around you. What what makes you know what makes the community generally happier? Um, uh, they all just happen. They're there. Really, wouldn't it be well, great if they were all there I, I and think- you just paid less? And it's like. I yeah. think you're being a little uncharitable. Sure. Like, like my mom knows more about government spending than any of us, period. Like she was the person spending the fucking money in the township of Riverhead. She knows where the money goes. She was leading those projects and making shit happen. But Dave, so that's, I think, like, that's like I someone telling me, a- I'm a nurse. Uh, I see uh, 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 people coming in who, who, who came to this country uh, illegally and 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 all they do is mooch off the system it's like i see it every day it's like yeah okay but like that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be giving these people care and finding a path to like like y- 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 the idea that you see spending and the idea that you understand the implications and the design around it and the impact of that spending are two completely different things that's one point i think the problem is it, the problem is fundamentally i think deep down inside progressives are optimistic and i think conservatives are pessimistic that fundamentally she doesn't believe the United States will ever have a public option healthcare that is any good. Like, uh, what about, what about, uh, think... uh, like, isn't, uh, which, which, which is the one, Medicaid? Medicaid, right? Yeah. Doesn't that no, thing pull me- insanely uh, well? No, Medicare. Medicare, Medicare, Medicare. Medicare. Doesn't, that, doesn't that pull insanely well, like for people who have it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think, I think that fundamentally she does not think that Medicare for all will exist in the United States in a, in a comprehensive, meaningful way. I mean, I hope she's wrong, but she could be right. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's not that she doesn't believe that it wouldn't be a worthwhile endeavor. She just doesn't think it can be done. So she supports it. She's just cynical about it. Yes. Oh, well, that's fine. And she's, I mean, she's even she's even more cynical with the fact of the the sort of half-assed uh, Democrat solution that is fundamentally going to be serving their agenda. And dude, not she sounds like a Bernie supporter. Me and your mom should be talking. This 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 is I'm getting some Bernie <laughs> vibes right now. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she. I told you, she's like, she is. She is a cynic, and she is more middle ground than most people I know. Has your mom heard of anarcho-socialism and its designs about destroying the state and de- <laughs> decentralizing power? Because I think she would really like this discussion. She would probably be into it. Okay, 
podcast I think I could get her on board. Is, Hous- is Housen's mom. Dude, your mom's going to wake up tomorrow and she's going to be like leading, reading like Lenin and stuff like that. And I'm going to be like, yeah, that's right. Can you get it on a, a Netflix format? Because she really doesn't have time to read books. What, what kind of production value are we talking about here, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> it, it can be like a reality TV. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm anyway, we got, we got very sidetracked. I think the, to, to William's larger point, yes, I am very pro uh, just the, the, the dialogue that is happened and evolved over the last four years. Um, and it's, it's exciting and it's interesting to see folks who are like, like my mom, who are, or who are Republicans in, in quotes, uh, that are like, yeah, we can't talk to that person because they're a Trumper. And I'm like, cool, we've got you. Yeah, keep I'm, up, I'm feeling keep good about up. this. Yeah, we're feeling good about this. So you, so Will, so Will stands if I were to summarize is, is, uh, uh, um, uh, and maybe, maybe I'm, doing a bad characterization but there's i'll call it positive and negative social pressure and will's believe that negative social pressure is is the more realistic or the better route to to uh, uh people you know accepting change i'll say at a minimum maybe not believing it but at least accepting it or tolerating it. uh yeah i mean i think that there are it might not be the fundamentally best mechanism for change i think it is the most realistic mechanism for change and i think that um even if those people don't change their views, ostracizing them from their social groups removes their power and takes away the tacit approval of their belief systems, right? Like I think having like a, you know, kind of in the same vein as you would uh, have an intervention with a cult member, right? Is a lot of like, you know, not trying to just prove why they're wrong, but really just like listening to them and, and kind of getting an understanding and then, you know, trying to walk them back from where they were. Right, it's much the same way. It's probably the most effective, but to do that on, at scale is unrealistic. And so I'm good with the negative social pressure that either forces them to change or forces them to not have power. As like a just kind of. A, are you the, betting that the um, the uh, 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 side effects um, uh, do not outweigh the positive uh, uh, impacts? Is what you're basically saying? Yeah, correct. Okay, I will say. I mean, it's gonna it, it creates pockets like it creates bubbles of yeah, you know hyper horrible, horrible feedback loops yeah exactly yes. right yeah um but it creates marjorie taylor greens but does it ultimately like can that stay contained is the question if if the cancer that grows as a result of <laughs> basically pointing a sign to say uh uh you know hey if you really think all this stuff the only people you can talk to are other people like you um you know you're going to all get together and I'm sure make a bunch of rational decisions together. Um, uh, uh, you know, like that, like we have to, you're, you're making the argument that that, I mean, to me that January 6th was, was, was an outcome of, of that type of ideology. I, I would worry about the pocket super can because yeah. that's, I mean, it, those, those people will find other people that are no longer family or friend. It will amplify those feelings at least a while. And I, I, I feel like that, that can some sort of issues. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for your goals and uh, I, but I, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe, maybe I, I, I like the effective um, sorry. I, 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 I like the, the method that you described for the cult member. I'm, I'm much more uh, even if it's, even if it's not the most effective that it, it might be the best method you were saying, I think um, it, it, it's, it is probably the best method, but might not be the most pragmatic given the scale. Do you need scale when you're just talking about groups of friends or family members? I mean, 
basically the battles have to be fought in small scale and 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 like it, we're not by cutting out people that you're related to or you're friends with you're not doing a sweeping change right you're, you're only affecting your pocket so i mean i don't know if scale does play yeah I, I guess where you know kind of my my thinking on this is, is that um you know kind of taking the the uh empathic cults member intervention approach um which i'm sure we can figure out an acronym for that um <laughs> but uh derecalization yeah yeah exactly right um to to take that approach is one takes a lot of skill, right? Like there are, like, it's hard to do that. Sure. Um, and takes a lot of time. It's time consuming. Yep. It's yeah. a long game. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, absolutely. And like, you need to have enough face time with these people to like actually be able to do that. Whereas like, you know, for my family members, I, I just don't have that much face time. I'm never going to have that much face time. Um, so yeah, I'll just cut them out instead because at least they know that they cannot have a relationship with me based on these, like these ways of thinking, um, you know, because one, I'm probably not skilled enough uh, and not empathetic enough. Um, and also, I just don't have that much time. And that's what I mean by like pragmatism. Yeah, I also think uh, a weird, fun, I shouldn't say fun, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. Uh, side effect of this sort of, sort of ostracizing of folks is that like people are, are actually starting to like take a look around at like who's left. Like, like who, who's like, who's around? You're like, oh, you guys are really into this QAnon shit, huh? Wait, are we in a cult? I'm in a cult. Fuck. And like, it's like, I think that like, that is a powerful sort of eye-opening moment for certain, for certain people. Yeah. Like I, you're going to get Marjorie Taylor Greens, right? You're going to get uh, Lauren Boberts and Madison Cawthorns. Um, but do you think any of them are going to get any of their shit passed? Like everybody knows that they're- To your point, Dave. They take up a lot of the news cycles um, to say that, you know, their stuff, it becomes a harder question when you say, well, what is the impact of them collectively taking up so much more news cycles? Does that generally pull the Republican Party more to the right? I don't know, maybe on some degree, but, but yeah, you're right. Like the idea that Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to sponsor a bill that's going to be comprehensive. It's going to be awful. And it's somehow going to pass is, is a bit ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, she fucking, like she's going to put forward a bill to make Q king of the United States and <laughs> everybody's going to be like, well, cool. Can you just, keep being batshit over there um and then just vote yes when we tell you to like is that is that really hard because uh, this shit's never going to happen so <laughs> um you know and we'll see i mean uh, probably if you had uh asked me in 2010 i probably would have said the same shit about the tea party so <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's not necessarily the right path but um i think this is you know a little bit different i mean it's it's the, the, I may, I know, i'm gonna probably give a very uncharitable definition of the tea party uh but to me, it was Let's just a bunch it. of it was it was a populist movement that 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 its goal was inherently a reactionary stance. Like this is the new wave. This is the new this this, this is the new Tea Party. This is the hey, is government helping you? Look at all these like it's the Tucker like just read anyone anyone who who vibes with Tucker Carlson is this is, is way is, charitable actually. Why are you being so nice? Oh, all right. Well, I mean, I, I guess maybe some people would argue that that there were principles that they agree with that the Tea Party held and and. Again, I, if you're reactionary, that they hated they hated Obama and they hated black people and they didn't want them to have any real power in the country. Well, yeah, it's like the, you know, right. It's the subtext that 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 was really what was, um, you know, on the face of it, they were like, we're against uh, the government spending too much, and you're like, okay, and then like actually, we don't want the government spending anything. You're like, whoa, uh, uh, and then you know that didn't work <laughs> out so well, right? <laughs> so. Um, they got their damage in though, uh, which I'm sure they 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 brag about. Hey, remember the like, time hey, we shut hey down that, the whole hey fucking that, government? 
Remember that debt ceiling that um, none of us actually understood the implications of? Yeah. Uh, we almost yeah. blew up the world's economy. I kept on telling them, I don't want to pay more money. And they kept on telling me, <laughs> we already told them we we're going to pay for it. It's already allocated. We just have this arbitrary, stupid number in here. We just have to increase. And they said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to pay more money. And then all of our parks shut down and everyone got angry at me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yep, that, that's, that's a pretty good, that's, that's actually a pretty good uh, sum- summation of, um, of, of government shutdown. And when I was going through security, Bob, the security guard, was real pissed at me. I didn't understand why. It's because he didn't get a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, I thought you said you love your country. I'm not, I'm not hearing a whole lot of love right now, Bob. Uh, uh, yeah, no. It's, it's, but, like, that's, like, the... Okay. So, so, you know, reactionaries only work in a bubble. When you don't want to create anything, you want to be anti-something. But, but, but you also, you're also not allowed to admit what you do care about. Like, they're not... They, they, they're, they, that can never be... It always has to be what you're in opposition to. And that's that's what all this crap feels like. So, um, 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 you know, I wonder what Republicans who are really Republicans now actually want, um, not what they're against. And and finding that sometimes can be very, very hard. So, I, frankly, other than tax cuts, they want nothing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually no, I'm, I'm I'm really curious as to to how it plays out um, where I think that I feel like by and large, what's going to happen is that on like public policy, like on, on fiscal policy, there will largely be uh, agreement between the two parties within the next however many years. Um, because because the populist movements were so powerful, um, because you know things like a $15 minimum wage have tremendous public support, um, because you know the, the direct payments have tremendous public support and push us closer to universal basic income, right? Because people like getting checks from the government, um, whether or not they, they say they do. Um, and I think so fiscal policy, you're going to get uh, more and more uh, merging of Democrats and Republicans. Um, and I think that all of the partisanship and all of the wedge issues are going to be around social values, right? Um, right. It's going to be what we're seeing now with, uh, you know, all of the, the right-wing media stations can't, cover public like cover fiscal policy right now in opposition to it because their supporters support it right they support what's going on so they're covering uh what are functionally culture war and i think that's where you you see partisanship in the future but like largely a lot of the non-social value democratic agenda things probably wind up getting passed with like pretty good uh numbers yeah i'm excited for does that make sense jimmy doesn't agree i i I mean I, I, I look forward to Republicans supporting purely fiscal measures, you know, like the COVID relief package. Oh, wait. But, you know, um, you know, like no, what I, was, I, but, what but was social is, in that? Well, that's what I said in, in a matter of years, right? All like, right that's it's, fair. It's, not a, it's not a now thing. Um, and I think that as like McConnell still wields power uh, in the Republican Party, like he is a traditional Republican, um, you know, but as as that crop of Republicans ages out, and the newly elected are, are more populist in nature because the policies are popular. They kind of have to be, um, you know, then, then that changes. But you're, you're making an assumption that the populist on the right would agree with populist ideologies on the left and support bills. Like we're, we're back to that argument. And I don't think that argument. No, so but true. like if, if you look at if you look at like the public polling on this stuff, right, it's all pretty popular. If you look what at is? public polling on like $15 minimum wage, public polling on that is, is super popular. But that doesn't, that, that's not an accurate story, though. I mean, public, pu- public, public polling on a lot of things is super popular. And we don't make any bills against it. There's reasons for that, right? Like that doesn't mean much. It's, it's a good indicator, but it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necess- necessitate any. I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying that like, these are populist things, right? These like the $50 minimum wage is a populist ideal. 
that will put pressure on those politicians. Like things like uh, gun control, right? Is like, even though it has, has broad public support is still kind of narrow in, in scope. And like, you have to be a, like a serious one issue voter type of a thing to, to vote one way or the other on, on that. Um, but something like the $15 minimum wage, which is going to bring a lot of, like, it's going to give a raise to a lot of Republicans, brings that up in importance significantly, right? So, and that's kind of the, the basis of populism is like, you do the things that are going to benefit large swaths of the population. Yeah. So I, I just think that Republican populism isn't that at all. I think it's the uh, projection of, but inherently not for any of that. So that's, so I guess I would use it. $15 minimum wage is a perfect example. It's not a big omnibus. It's not some massive bill. Uh, what Republican is in support of $15 minimum wage? Uh, what populist Republican? Sorry, you mumbled your way through that question. I mean, in theory, if what you're saying is that the populist right will agree with the populist left on very specific issues that clearly benefit everyone, what populist Republican is in favor of the minimum wage being increased $15 an hour? I don't know. I, I, I would have to look up like who right now like in Congress is. Yeah. Um, but I know that it polls very well. But my point, them towards it. But, you know, but I understand your, your argument. Yeah, I understand your point is. <laughs> I understand your point is that there is a disconnect between public opinion and you know uh, what votes get cast in uh, you know by Congress people. Um, not that, but not I th- that. but I th- but I, but I think point. that that public that the populist right can find common ground with the populist left because to your point, this is absolutely a populist left thing. Um, and and if the populist right in theory could agree to this, how come they haven't? I mean, Mitt Romney and Tom Cotton made a, not for 15, but made a pitch to increase the minimum wage. I would not call Mitt Romney a populist, right? But um, I, I mean, I, Mitt, Mitt, Mitt Romney oversaw uh, health, public option health care in Massachusetts. Yeah, I would call him uh, a Democrat who, who, who really, really likes tax cuts. Okay. I mean, <laughs> he's not a populist. You're saying he's a Republican. No, I'm saying he's not a populist. <laughs> uh, uh, he does buck his party more than anyone else, but he's in a super safe space to do it. It's like Bernie can say whatever the hell he wants. He's never going to leave. You know what I mean? Like, like he, it's like, you know, AOC saying something like she's what a Republican's going to unseat her, you know, like that ain't going to happen. Like the idea that he speaks out a little and he does and he does anything that's just not to the collective good of the Republicans is seen as such an outlier you know, that, that he must be something, but the populists are Bobert, they're Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're Josh, they're, they're Hawley, they're, they're everyone you just listed. These are all the clear populists of the right. How do any of them support $15 minimum wage? And I guarantee you, none of them. No, I have to look it up. I don't know. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how things go if it's just a single issue vote, right? If it's, if it's, if it's solo legislation and it's not a part of some bigger package where things will land. Yeah. Because I know, and I, Sorry, I know no. that in general, the plan for the next legislative push, I believe, is um, infrastructure. And the goal is to do it on a bipartisan level. And the sort of subtext is if the Republicans just completely just are not responsive to this, uh, it's going to be fuel to try and convince folks like Joe Manchin that we should fucking kill the filibuster, right? Like if we can't even get basic infrastructure passed with GOP, then we gotta we gotta fucking kill this thing. Well he's, uh, he's, so yeah, left be... do- he's left that door open, which is nice. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll see we'll see how this goes. Like let's let's see how this infrastructure shit goes. Maybe after that, if if it goes well, they'll up the ante to a fifteen dollar minimum wage. And yeah, I'm curious to see where things land. Um for the record, Bobert is not for the That's a shocker. Anyways, so so uh uh to to Dave, but but, you know, you, you have to play the game of, um, you know, uh, 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 I mean, it's, it's always been Republican not always, in the last, you know, in the relatively recent past. It's been clear Republican game theory 
that any Democratic win is going to be a way for them to get reelected. Therefore, Democrats are not allowed to have wins. So so it, right. it is it is if that becomes now now how much like when a Republican opposes a bill, how much is a game theory? How much is because they don't actually believe it? And there's merits. They get to play the game of pretending it's all about the merits while pretending it has nothing to do with game theory. Like and, and everyone does this to an degree, right? Like we like Democrats aren't immune to this. They do it too. I think Republicans just uh, uh, for being so much focused on the individual are hyper collectivist in a way that's kind of hysterical. Um, but but anyways, to your point, if if you can make the bill quote unquote common sense enough for Joe Manchin, where he's like, obviously there's stuff here that's like handouts to Republicans, and Republicans are like we won't touch it because it'll mean a Democratic win. You're right. So so like in a weird, if you want to like play the game, you would probably make a bill that clearly had some like Republican favoring stuff in there. And, and, and Manchin, like on, on issues, Manchin was very aware, you know, like you, you were, you, you would, you would make the first bill is like the, Hey Manchin, look, we're giving them like half the crap they want. Uh, we're inviting all the meetings. Uh, they're, they're saying no to all of it. They'll, they'll agree. Yes. In the, in, in private and they'll be against it in public. And, and you hope uh, that, that it is, it is much of a, you know, they are so far out of the norm of doing it that, that he agrees to do that. And then you just tear through everything. You say, gotcha, Manchin. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope they say it just like that. Wait, gotcha. Well, I mean, you still need them to pass shit, but, um, because we, we still just need more people. Um, but, 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 uh, it is a huge step forward. You're right. Yeah. We'll see, man. I, and, and I, and I will say, because I like making predictions and I like being right, I predicted that we'd all be getting vaccines back in back in January, back in the new year. Remember we did a new year podcast. We're like, oh, what are you hopeful for? And I was like, getting vaccinated in April. Two of you fuckers are already vaccinated. So I was right. Y'all were like, you're dreaming, housing. <laughs> you're dreaming. It ain't gonna happen. Look what happened. What happened? Biden, I think Biden under prom, uh, under promising over delivering. Yep. Dave's Dave's expecting a uh, thank you, David. He's expecting you to say this right now. <laughs> And 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 being and being fat worked out in my favor for once. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, I'm I'm actually working on losing weight now. Sure you should, the right you're, gonna time. To, you're gonna you're gonna have to give the vaccine <laughs> I have back. To give it back. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna claw it back. Yeah, they would, bro. Bro, that BMI. BMI we need you to 30, come back bro. in. We uh we heard you've been going running and eating better. Hold on, buddy. Yeah. Let's let's uh. They're gonna find me in a few months and throw me in jail for falsifying my BMI. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, this was a good discussion. Dave, um, thanks for bringing that up. The, yeah, the uh, NPR Politics podcast is really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, my it's my go to where I'm like when I hear NPR talking about this thing, I know it actually is starting to matter to mainstream America because like when I start listening to like more liberal stuff, I'm like I care about this, but like do other people even know it exists? Probably not. And when NPR starts talking about, it, I'm like, oh, good. People are finally starting to like care about the filibuster and understanding why we should kill it. Dave, I don't think the yeah. NPR has quite the reach that you think it does. I think it mostly is just a bunch of left wing people that listen to NPR. I don't No, no, maybe, no, it no, may no, be no. centrist I mean, and maybe a light, light, a light uh, sprinkling of right wing, you know? No, I mean, in, in general, they're just really charitable and they, they um, tend to stay away from like more liberal talking points like they they just like they won't even talk about it so like if they if they are talking about a thing it's starting to move into the more mainstream discussion 40 million people listen to npr it's pretty impressive actually so um yeah another good podcast um that i don't enjoy all the time um mainly because i hate the host uh but this past week's one um the 538 podcast uh this past week about um culture wars was really good Hmm. with uh I actually saw an ad for that. Um, yeah, about why uh, Republicans are are happy to st- uh, to um, stoke culture wars. I'm uh, but, but, download but, it but right Galen now. Dr- Galen Druk is like the worst. 
he's he's gym level podcast host. <laughs> Just the- sounds like he, he's got his finger on the pulse. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like you, you can expand your audience. <laughs> <laughs> Should I uh just got to get in there and I can start taking some. Jim, you just have to make a really flashy infographic website that's horribly wrong in a national election. And then you're going to get so many listeners. Oh, uh, well, first you got to get it right for like three elections. And then get it wrong. Then get it real wrong. Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got a better idea. How about we make an infographic flashy website that just says I got it right for the last four elections. And then... <laughs> And then it's and even better. NPR to talk about you. How did you predict the last I mean, four elections? Well, what happened is I waited them for it to be over. And then I put the stats <laughs> in the website. Turns out everyone was doing it wrong. They're, they're like, then, how did, then how did you get the numbers wrong in 2012? Like, uh, this is a typo. Yeah. That's <laughs> Hold a, on. That's a Hold copy on. pasta error. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Cool. Good. Good casting. All right. I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up. Anyone... Uh, uh, if anyone has any final thoughts, you know, um, Too late. Dave, this is so, really great. I had, a, I had a fun time and I look forward to my apparent Uber right wing brethren supporting my populist ideals. I look forward to this in the future. And yeah. uh, hey, if Biden pulls in a bunch of Republicans and, and, and the partisanship dies down some and a lot more shit gets done, that's always awesome. So uh, that would be great. And, and, and if it doesn't, I don't think anyone here will be shocked <laughs> if it doesn't um but but uh uh biden's been doing a lot of really great stuff and and to your point two of the four people are here already vaccinated and you know hopefully next month that'll you know, you know we could do a will. lot we could do a podcast together one that would be fucking crazy Dave, you're blowing my mind room. right now how would we even in the same room i don't know what it's like to to be in a room <laughs> with other, other people, people. With other humans yeah <laughs> I'd be. Do you have to put pants on? Yeah. Is that, yes. Like, is that a rule now? I need a good microphone. You need to bring me one. Oh, did you punch your 10th podcast card? Are you waiting for the microphone to come in the mail, Dave? Is that what it is? I don't want it. I don't want it. It has okay. wires. I don't like wires. Jim, is, is, is Joe Biden the, the liberal that you'd never, you know, like you never dreamed he could be? Is he um, proven to be? I had very, I had very low expectations of- for him, and he is surpassing my low expectations. Setting up child, you know, UBI. Um, is impressive. So he's got that. He's got like basically all of Warren's staff working for him at this point. Right. So I'm okay with that. It's, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty good for the the liberal agenda. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm okay with with them making making the argument uh, uh, and him putting his his smile on it. You know. So guys, totally moderate. This is a totally moderate position. Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden's back in it. Moderate. Moderate Joe. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him. He's just. Like, uh, look at how happy he is. You're gonna give three hundred dollars a month for every child. He's got country. a dog. Regardless, regardless of job or or or, 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 or anything. He's got a dog. Wait, you're not Xavier's. tying it to them to them having to work, and you're just going to give it to them? Yeah, it's it's not a tax break. Yeah, where it just doesn't count for the lowest. You know, right, right. Workers. We we're only going to help up. Uh, 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 we're we're actually going to help uh, people who who don't have anything. Not just say if you just worked harder, you could get some help. Um, yeah, no. It, there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, good things. Uh, a lot of you know, a lot of really good stuff in the, in, in the bell. So yeah, I can't, like I said, uh, I think in Slack, I can't wait for this to drastically reduce child poverty, um, legitimately help the, you know, uh, lower, uh, uh, working class in a way that, you know, give them a boost in a way that, and much need relief in a way that they were not getting. Um, and then for them all to, you know, go vote Republican when, when, you know, Tucker Carlson talks about, I don't know. No, dude, haven't you heard they're all, they're all just going to dump it into GameStop. 
<laughs> become millionaires. What is what is the chance of that lasting beyond this one year though? Wasn't it only approved it's, for one year? Yeah, it but it's real hard to take stuff away. Yeah, the, the Republicans know this. Yeah, you I mean, can't, when, don't they have when, to when pass you, it a, a second time before? Yeah, but it's going to be real popular. Yeah, and, yeah. and people are going to be. And if if you're running on, if Democrats are running on, like, hey, we just want to make this permanent. Like, how awesome is this? Three hundred dollars a month is pretty good. Yeah, right? and Adam uh, and Republicans <laughs> are like, no, 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 that's real bad. And you're like, but but but. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it was really good. I'm actually like my bank account liked it. <laughs> curious how some of it's going to work because they're giving half of it in checks and the other half is going to be at the end of the year as a tax break. But normally it was already 2000 So if you factor that into taxes throughout the year, you're actually going to owe $200 at the end of the year. But you don't have to pay taxes on the first 10000 That's That's the unemployment. I thought it was all of it. What are you talking about, Adam? Like, I'm, I'm talking about the, the child, uh, the change, because basically, like, if you have the your dependents listed already, mm -hmm. then you're getting $2,000 uh, that you, you, you pay $2,000 less in taxes over the course of the year. You don't get a chunk of $2,000. No, you get $2,000. That's, that's not just reduced over. No, the one, of, one of them is a tax deduction. One's a tax credit. A tax. So yeah. do, a tax My deduction is I made I I, I had fifteen thousand dollars of taxes I owed and 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 there's two thousand dollar tax tax deduction and I, I only pay thirteen thousand so I effectively saved two thousand. A tax credit is is um you you I'm sorry a tax I'm sorry that's what a tax credit is. A tax deduction is is uh, taxable income. So so if I had a hundred thousand dollars and I had a ten thousand dollar tax deduction, I would pay tax on ninety thousand. Tax credit is I I am going if I was going to pay ten thousand dollars in taxes and I have two thousand dollar tax credit. I only have to pay eight thousand in taxes, but they have a um uh, uh it's either refundable or non-refundable, which is to say, oh, but you know who doesn't who that doesn't help with? Like, say you didn't owe two thousand dollars in taxes, well then you didn't you didn't really get that money, right? And and the the people who 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 are you know making the least amount in our country don't get a chance to effectively take advantage of it because they weren't going to pay that much in taxes. So there's one called either refundable or non-refundable. It's one or the other where you get that money even if you didn't owe that in taxes, and that's what they hate. They're like, this is basically UBI. And that's why they're calling it UBI because they're like, you're calling it a tax credit, but then you're giving it to people even if they didn't have to pay that tax. But the, the pre-existing $2,000 child, it, it, wasn't that a credit also? If you, if, you, if you made the money to then save, yes. This is you just get it. Yeah, the idea is like, if, if you were making $10,000 a year, right, you would never earn enough money to take advantage of the tax credit. Okay. Right, because you would never have, you'd never have a $2,000 tax bill. Right, right. Okay. A person that makes a thousand dollars a year just got two thousand dollars. And and so they're like, but this has nothing to do with taxes. And you know what? <laughs> they're right. But but if you call it a non-refundable tax credit, you don't pay attention to income. And that's why they're like, it's just UBI. It's like, well, okay, whatever. Try and take it Re away, you motherfuckers. Re reconciliation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, we're just dealing in taxes. And they're like, but you're not. And it's like, okay. So you're they, they, basically they know it's UBI. I don't care if you want to call it UBI or not. Uh, we're Democrats using a clever system. Which you know, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was about to play what about them? Uh, they're using a system. They're 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 probably doing something that didn't have the intention of, uh, uh, but but they're leveraging it to effectively just give money to people in calling it a tax break, even though it's technically it's like it is and it isn't, right? It's a tax break that 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 still gives people money who didn't work or didn't make enough to to get take advantage of it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So it's very bottom. It's bottom up focused. So like you do not hit the poorest in our country with tax credits. They don't. They just never get touched, right? But, but like, then you say, well, why? Like, wouldn't those be where you'd want to start? And, and if you're Republican, the answer is no, because that means they didn't work, which means that they're not being productive in society. And, and why should I help out someone who isn't willing to work? And they play this game. This is focused more on, hey, 
you know, there could be a reason they're not working. You know, there's lots of stuff that happens. Don't we just want to help the people who need it the most, regardless of, of, you know, how many uh, uh, widgets they make in a factory for their corporate overlord, right? So like, so this is just like, we just need to give the people who need the most in our country, we need to make sure the money goes to them. And, and uh, well, what would really helped in this pandemic is, is that um, people in high wage uh, jobs um, suffered relativistic, relatively little, uh, a fraction of a fraction compared to the lower where, where, where that data, I'm sure, helped Biden justify to himself, that's where the focus needs to be. And it doesn't need to be like, and everyone gets a money thing, you know, because it's like, but, but who really suffered here? And a lot of our places, like we talk about how we save money in some regards, right? Like a lot of places didn't really suffer um, high wage earning, right? Uh, so, so, so why give the people who made had high wage earning who didn't really suffer if they did nothing close to the low wage, why, why make this like an equal distribution? This doesn't make any sense. You know, it, I'm sure it gave them the data points to then push for this and, and honestly push, push together some pretty progressive ideas, right? Focus on the most needy in society. I know that sounds like crazy, but like this bill does, does that way more. Uh, I can, I, you know, this was impressive. Cool. Sorry to, to tangent us at the very end there. No, I don't think it was you. I thought it was a. Uh... All right, don't worry. Jim's editor is going to put it all out. Hey, hey, hey! They're keeping all that in. They're keeping it. You're, you listen to me right now. You keep all this in. Also, I respect your job and forget all that stuff I said at the beginning of the podcast. So, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, this is fun. Uh, I guess I'll talk to you next week. Hey, everyone. Thanks. Good. Later.